This podcast contains explicit language, really explicit language. Listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that are... Um... They're fucked, Paulina. Yeah, they're really fucked. We'll be dealing with all the ist, aughts, and ites. Racists, bigots, anti-Semites, misogyny, certainly. And ooh, eugenics. Kicking it old school with eugenics. Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, No matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you. We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride. And we're sorry already. (laughs) (laughs) A clip coming up later in the show. Are you exhausted from constant nightmares about the matriarchy and how men might be treated like factory farm cattle and milked for their sperm? What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. So, so people see what we're like. Um, so who are you? Okay. My name is Tony Naj, and I am a comedian above all things. I'm a comedian. Yeah. You are a filmmaker as well. I think, I think that's fair to say. Yes. And yeah. I'm also a writer. I'm a yeah. compulsive writer. Really? That sounds... Do you, do you take medication for that? What, Tony and I made a sketch. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do here is make the, the, the topic of cults approachable so that people will be interested in a non-morbid way. Um, called, I think, Troll Control is the name of it? Troll, troll Control! Troll Control! Troll Control! Troll control. Oh, we should add more of those. Maybe we'll add them. More like Troll Control. That's pretty scary. I love that. How many women a year get stalked, but that's through affection. And affection on the internet and creepy affection on the internet is almost as much of a problem and to me is almost as much of an indicator that someone's got something else going on as the negative stuff. You know, have you had any experience with that, with people, you know, saying they love you or things like that about about who you are or, or, or how you look? Like, have you experienced things like that as well? Oh, absolutely. Um you're actually reminding me. I'm like, oh my god, right? That guy and that. And there's been a there's been a bunch. And you also will get a lot of unsolicited, you know, random dick pics that are also, you really? know, quite. Oh yeah, and it's funny because you 
the thing about a dick pic, it's not like they come and you're sitting down and you're like, hmm, I'm prepared for this. It's always like you're kind of like making dinner or you're at a stoplight or you're at the line for the bank and suddenly you're like, ah, a dick. Tony, nobody um, expects the Spanish inquisition. No, you were just not expecting that. But I think, you know, going back to what you were saying about the cult-like aspect and the organizing principle around MGTOW is that what I've come to understand is that organizing misogyny is a big part of the alt-right agenda because misogyny and racism are intimately tied mm -hmm. together as conjoined twins. So if you think about racism and anti-Semitism, it's like racism is thinking you're superior to a group. Anti-Semitism is blaming a group for your mistreatment. So it's like the Jewish people are running the banks and, you know, blaming black people for being on welfare. Like this kind of thinking is really intimately tied to how women, I mean, how men view women mm -hmm. because men in this community equally think they are superior to women and blame women for their problems. Mm -hmm. So it's like a conglomeration of anti-Semitism and racism those feelings of both blame and feeling superior to. Mm -hmm. So this is why I think the MGTOW movement and the alt-right, this is all, to me, political brainwashing. Mm -hmm. And it's a means of getting certain political agendas to be passed also. Like, it's mm -hmm. not, I don't believe that this is something that we should be brushing under the rug or like, oh, it's just a small group of people not oh, to be taken no. seriously. I think this is a political movement. And, hmm, you know, I they talk about how the men's rights movement is the fastest growing, quote unquote, civil rights mm -hmm. movement in the world. So, yeah, I, I, we can't speak to any. So I'll just let you know, just from from our standpoint, I won't speak to any group I'm not investigating. So I haven't talked to alt-right members. I haven't talked to men's rights members. They certainly advocate men's rights things and it factors in. So I'll have to take like your word for, for your opinions on that. Um, but when it comes to, and that's the thing, right, about what you're saying is like brushing it under the rug and all those different things. It's like because we brush it under the rug, a group that looks similar like MGTOW and Red Pill and all these different things, because we've brushed the other thing under the rug, even with something as, you know, minimizing and diminutive as, well, it's just politics and people disagree. Um, you brush that under the rug and then a group that's actively indoctrinating people, a group that knows you're going to look for organizers. You know, one of the things that you will see in the forums a lot is like, I'm not men's rights but I fight for the rights of men. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a diversion. And why do they do that? Because it's the same reason why these, these new words come up in these groups we're investigating. Everybody knows incel. It's one of the hardest things we have to push against is that we go and we tell you, this is a new cult. It's a new group. And we'll get, have to talk about incel because we have accepted. And this is me a little bit editorializing. We have accepted the idea that this is normal. You know, we, we've accepted the idea that all these things are normal. And so when, when we tell you someone's gone over the line into cult, they know, they know, okay, incel is bad. People will, will say that I'm, 
you know, they won't listen to me if I'm incel. They won't listen to me if I'm men's rights. Cults adapt. So, mm-hmm. to, so to speak to the idea of it, of, you know, alt-right and all these organizing things and, and men's rights and all these different stuff is one thing that we're really specific on here is go and, you know, I know I, I'm not saying this to you I'm talking to the listeners because because I, I think that this hits on a good point. Go and investigate. Don't be proud that you saw one article. If it's concerning, which a lot of these ideas are concerning, right? Um, go and like read about them. Go and you don't have to interact, but spy on their forums, which is where like MGTOW operates. Go and see where they're operating. Because one of the things that we had this great interview with Sarah Steele, who we talked about whether or not our group was a cult. We talked about cults in general. It's not aired yet. And she said, well, there's always secrecy. And I go, of course, they're, they're secret. How many how many MGTOW forums do you go on? They're, they're secret in plain sight. You, mm-hmm. y- They don't need to be any more secretive because you're not actually reading about them. And so this idea of Wikipedia knowledge is like very concerning because what we do is we group all these people. And, and like what was really important to me with doing our sketch was to say like, to do the sketch and then to come on here and say, what distinguishes this group from MGTOW, which is a cult, from other trolling on the internet? And in general, how without any knowing your motivations, without giving you a second chance, because I'm really giving people a second chance to say, I think you're in a cult and you might want to get out. And that's given a lot of them voice to it. We're trying to say, look, most people are not going to investigate what's going on in you like Michael and Tony are doing and Rini and Paulina are doing in our team. Like most of us are not going to look into where you're going. So I thought it was great to make this thing. It's like objectively the way this is the way trolls read on, on the Internet before you look into stuff. And, and that dismissal thing is a really powerful thing you're saying. It's like, oh, it's just trolls. It's not some movement meant to get rid of the rights of Jews, you know. And as a Jew, we looked into the Jew, if there were Jew haters in this to, to give credence to your point as well. There were plenty of anti-Semitic stuff. There was plenty of anti-black stuff. It's in these forums, too. There was plenty of it there. Open in plain sight. There was plenty of black people getting indoctrinated as well. It's It all groups itself because it's just hate. I mean, I think what you're saying and what I think is a really relevant point is this concept that you have an individual and an individual can only do so much damage. But when individuals are galvanized and brought together and organized, they often double down on their belief system and it Mm -hmm. becomes more and more difficult to reach them on an emotional, spiritual, psychological level. So the more these guys are networked together the stronger their belief system comes. And I guess the reason why I keep bringing back, you know, race and politics is because this is really prevalent in our political system as well. And we are seeing it. I mean, we're seeing the gangster actions of the Republican Party right now. And I'm not some pro-Biden, pro-Democrat person. I'm one of those people that I'm like, this is a complete travesty on both sides. They're both run by corporate interests. So I'm not, just because I criticize the Republican Party doesn't mean there isn't plenty to criticize about the Democratic Party. I want to throw this out too so you feel comfortable, Tony. I consider 
my work, even when I do comedy, to be journalistic. So I try not to comment on current political situations. So like, I don't want you to think that because I'm not saying my opinions, I want, I would love for you, you're here as an editorializer, you're here to say your opinions. I'm just gonna ask you questions, you know what I mean? So yeah, like, absolutely. I don't want you to feel like just because every time you bring it up, I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. I'm not, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to get your opinions. I'm never gonna be like, yes, this is who I'm voting for because it's part of my documentary ethics, but. It, no, I yeah. get that. Yeah, so continue, I get sorry, that. I wanna I, like. So I think that it's really important to take this movement seriously and the cult aspect of it seriously because I actually think it's really a powerfully growing, you know, group of individuals that could be harnessed in a lot of different directions. You know, yeah. I think we all feel, I, especially post-corona age, you know, I do think that everyone being quarantined or isolated or what have you that we've gone through as the shamanic journey of 2020, I do think that everyone is kind of aware that we're at this psychic crossing grounds. And where I'm at as a person is I don't think pointing fingers and blame and anger and hate is the frequency that's going to change people's minds, mm -mm. right? And so it takes a lot of emotional maturity to say, hmm, and this is why I was interested in what you were working on because I think I saw a post you put on on Instagram and because you're a man and because you were investigating this issue, I was like, oh, that's dope. I actually don't know that many men that are taking on this issue. I know women that, you know, talk about it or take it on. But I was interested that you were making the life choice as a man to make this a priority. Thank you. Because it is, to me, a f um, an act of, like, progressive psychological movement to say, hey, like, what are other guys doing? And, like, how can I be a part of understanding them better in order to help them get to a different place. Like I felt like your intention, which is why I was interested, was actually to help people, not to just like expose people as a bunch of shit bags because Thank that's you. what the whole kind of cancel culture thing that people are really reacting to, right? Like Yes. And And I'm not into that. Me neither. And the whole point that I've made first of all, I'm like touched. I'm like I might cry. Like the <laughs> whole point that because I like the 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 arrogance of some men that they think they have the world figured out. The thing that I always say is you probably think you have the world figured out because people don't open up to you. Mm. And when people, when you are a person who can listen and people feel safe around, the conversation shifts from I have it figured out to I can't believe that happened to someone I know. Mm. And if you don't have an experience like that, which many of these men don't, they don't have experience with, let's say, women or whatever it is, then when you say to them that women are going through X, well, they don't understand and they're confused. But they've already found an answer, which is that it's women's fault. And now that barrier goes up. So now no one opens up to them. So now mm -hmm. you've got this cycle of I've got to figure it out. So no one opens up to me and they're scary and weird. So no one opens up to them. And I, I think that it is an issue for men to say to other men, stop. 
you need to, you need to take stock. And I wish that I'm going to actually lay it in. Uh, you'll hear it when you hear the episode, Tony. But literally, the stuff you said about finger pointing was we interviewed an ex uh, red pillar who has a YouTube channel, and he talks about how it affected him and how it was a a cult. You know, MGTOW. He was in MGTOW and Red Pill, and he literally said he's like, you know, if you just if you the, the I, if you just keep taking sides. That's why I felt that this group would work for me. It's so easy to start taking sides and, and be, you know, uh, in a team. And that's what gave me this fake sense of safety. And I think that if people, he says this beautiful quote about jerseys. I'll let, I'll let it speak for him. Essentially, don't stop wearing, we're not, in, we're not on a sports team. It's not really relevant that everyone mm-hmm. identifies who they are. Right, exactly. Now, personally, I would want to leave off by saying that I don't necessarily have all the answers, and for the longest time I was taught that masculinity or manhood is a particular type of way. I would have to say if I want to define manhood by anything, it would be, you know, figuring out the world for yourself, um, thinking independently, and building up your own type of perspective and your own type of opinions based off of um, the way that you think. I see a lot of different followers. For me personally, I, I like to wear my own jersey. I don't really like to wear jerseys of other teams, but my own specific type of jersey. I think that a lot of people out here should be the ones um, striving to wear your own jersey instead of the jersey of a particular team. Because when you do that, um, that's when you're easily controlled. That's when you're easily manipulated. And that's when you kind of become an NPC. So um, that's what I would really want to say, and that's what I want to kind of end off on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mostly sit here and try not to cry. That was so nice. I am trying to say, look, these guys are on the hook for what they do, but if you don't start recognizing that they are not going to stop by you yelling at them, I, I use the analogy of my OCD as like, I would clean stuff when I had OCD coming to my house and yelling at me that cleaning stuff is stupid would not have worked. Right. (laughs) It would not have gotten me to just, uh, Oh, it's, Oh, it's stupid. Mm, That's why I was doing it is because I thought it was smart. Like, you know, like it's, we can't have rational conversations with people in pain and it isn't, you know, in this investigation, just so you know, we've had times where all of us, not just the, 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 the people who identify as women involved, all of us are like, this is scary. I can't handle this today, you know, because mm-hmm. we have empathy as humans. But especially there were MGTOWs who wanted to talk to the female members of our team. And I I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I asked them. They didn't feel comfortable with it. And it's like that growing empathy to fix it is the thing that that maybe gets confused. It's like let letting people have their voice on their own issue is great but when it comes into your own house when it comes into your own identity you need to to take stock and see what you can do about about it can you can you talk to men and like you know men there's there's issues that are way above my head and the symbolic nature of the art of doing the project in that it affected you is probably the best i can get out of it i'm not going to figure out how to get men into therapy i'm not you know, I'm just, that's not going to be our, our world, but I can say, Hey, don't encourage comments. If you're getting them from weirdos, um, how do you feel about the comments section being 
you know, a part of the algorithm. You have a great audience, by the way. I should say that as well. It's another reason we were like, for the most part, what what I see published to the outside world, your audience is fairly into you and likes what you do and gives everything a chance. Um, you know, how do you feel about the comments section being an important part of what what these algorithms consider good art and good video? Well, I think it really depends on the platform. So I focus a lot of my media right now on Instagram. And Instagram is a platform where people are creating mostly authentic profiles that are hooking up to themselves in their own life. So I do think Instagram is less trolly than YouTube, where people can have multiple accounts and even Facebook. I just think the culture of Instagram is a little bit more authentic in the sense that people are who they say they are. So a lot of my internet trolling on Instagram is private rather than public. Mm. Like sometimes people will be like, oh, you're a dumb bitch, but mostly not on my page, you know, which is kind of interesting. Um, But to go back to what you were saying uh, about you know, the the vibration and like how people change. Okay. Like, cause I think that's ultimately what we're talking about. And like what your goal is, it's not just to shine a light on a group of people, but it's also to be a part of transforming that group of people, which yeah. is something that, again, I'm really interested in and why I was drawn to your work is the transformation aspect. And I think truly in my heart, like people go where the love is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use Donald Trump again as an example. It's like he had love in a certain sect of society. And so that made him move towards that. Like you can watch how Trump became more and more outrageous because it was receiving love from a group of people. And I don't know if you know of Gavin McGinnis, who was the, um, he basically started the group The Proud Boys. Have you heard of The Proud Boys? I know I know of uh, the, the the moniker used. I don't know too much about that. Someone started an actual group post. post uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's like it's a community, much like MGTOW, Proud Boys. It's more overtly political, but mm-hmm. very similar thoughts and ideologies. So Gavin McGinnis, he started Vice Magazine. You know, he was kind of like a punk rock Canadian dude that started this like major counterculture magazine. He used to make sketch comedy videos. I loved his sketch comedy videos. I don't know if they're still up on the internet, but they were really funny. And I used to follow him on YouTube in the 2000s. And um, I actually interviewed him for a podcast I did a couple years ago. And right before I interviewed him, he had written an article about trans people mm-hmm. on his blog called Street Carnage. And he wrote this article. And after he wrote this article, he got so much hate and he lost his job. He had like a marketing company. He got fired from his marketing company. He was canceled, so to speak, from writing this article that was um, critical or I mean, I, I'm t- I don't know if I really remember quite what the article said, but it was an article about trans people that really offended a Mm -hmm. a big group of people. So basically, I watched Gavin McGinnis's career go from sort of like a punk rock libertarian type who would like go on Fox News as a kind of like a... uh, like what we're saying troll. is what you're saying is like being like, everyone stop taking your side so seriously. Like I'm here to to say be and rational. 
Yes, and he has become a leader of a terrorist group. Like it's considered a terrorist group. Yeah. And I watched that happen. Yeah. You know, so I think my point is is that if we approach these men with the same vibration that they are putting out, it's just going to inflame the situation. And like watching what happened with Gavin McGinnis and watching the Proud Boys. And now it's like you see an interview with him and he's inciting violence and he's saying all these things. I'm like, what the, who did you become? But he just went where the love was. He felt rejected from the cancel culture left wing and he doubles down and he goes the other direction because ultimately that's what we're all searching for is love and connection. Yeah. And I know that's not a manly thing. So I'm sure there are many men who would, well, that's not what I'm doing. A hundred percent. It's what you're doing. Can I tell it's you you're looking best? for connection and you're looking yeah. for love. Can I tell you the best thing on the internet that I love about angry people is the idea of people pressing hearts and thumbs up when they li- like, like, like the idea that oh my like, God, like I, these hateful, I love hateful men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like my favorite thing is like, oh man, I'm going to like this. I like it. And I've got hearts <laughs> and smileys. It's like, okay, dude, but you don't want to admit that like you want love and yet you're using like, I think they should be even more lovey dovey. And uh, who's the, who's the person with the unicorns uh, who did the folders? Oh, um, oh, Lisa Frank. They should be like Lisa Frank should redesign. (laughs) That way they have to like press a rainbow to like this. Yes, she is a bitch. Like uh, I think that that's That's because it's humiliating if you really think that you're this manly guy and you're pressing a heart on your phone. Like that's the funniest thing in the world. But I, I, I agree with you that I want to, you know, cancel culture is an interesting element of this of this thing, right? Because we've dealt with people. We interviewed John Sanmez, who's apparently a victim of cancel culture and did get deeper into the beliefs that he was accused of doing. Um, And like you said, I've seen comedians in my own world be normal people. You know, I had a I, I, uh, you know, we have two examples here, but I have an anonymous source that started all of this who was anonymous and he was a smart guy and he got into this group and that's what started this whole thing. And also I had a co-host for another one of my podcasts and I had to, you know, I confronted him about some of the stuff he was writing on the internet with a lot of reasonableness. And I was like, you're writing this stuff about this group and you're sort of siding with them and you're sort of putting out pro red pill things. And we, I had to to get rid of him because there was no fixing him anymore. He was a rational, totally guy. And we had to just, not because I wanted to cancel him, but because it was like, I don't know how you got this far and I can't Mm -hmm. fix you. And so it's like, I want to simultaneously, one of the goals of this interview is to simultaneously say, let's do the thing, giving voice to the anger for our people. But now let's, let's also put out love simultaneously cancel it and say, Hey, we made something that probably isn't going to get people to change over. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's the way that this can work into the movie is to say, like, we made this thing about trolls so we can all feel angry and all feel good and vent our own frustration in a healthy, safe, comedic way. But also, that's not going to change anyone. And we should probably make another sketch about like or some video <laughs> about like explaining how to change people with with love. Like, you know. uh, yeah, I'm I'm really into that idea because I think also what cancel culture is, is an attempt of boundaries and boundaries are important. Yeah. So it is important that people say, hey, you can't 
say these words anymore. You know, it's like no longer do you say the R word. When I was growing up, that was a moniker people used all the time. Everything was R, you know. And now I don't even want to say that word. I'm like, nope, not going to do it. So I think there the 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 impact of cancel culture was about boundaries. And I do think boundaries are important. And it was about giving voice to marginalized people or people that were being thrown under the bus of society as being okay to make fun of. You know, it's like it's fat shaming. I hate fat shaming. I was never, if you watch Seinfeld, oh my God, Seinfeld, that whole series. Like even as a kid, I, I remember feeling like, ah, why is he saying that about fat people. Like I, I never liked it, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I always felt wrong to me. And then now there's a word behind it, which is fat shaming. And you can say, don't do that. So there's a lot behind the impulse of cancel culture. That's really important, which is about creating boundaries and giving marginalized people a voice. Mm-hmm. Yet what happens with power is that power is corrupting. Power is corrupting because when you have power over another, you feel better than. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see what's happened with cancel culture. It's like, oh, well, fuck you, shut up. You're silenced now forever because now I have the power, bitch. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not it either. That's the same frequency. Mm-hmm. The same frequency of wanting to destroy someone's life by canceling them is kind of the same frequency as whatever bullshit they said. Yeah. And I'm not saying we should celebrate people for their bullshit or we have to forgive. It's like, I think Louis CK is a really interesting example of cancel culture because as a lot of comedians, Louis CK was like my favorite comic, right? Mm -hmm. And all I wanted from Louis was genuine reflection about what happened. I wanted to feel like he actually gave a shit, you know? And it's like, why couldn't Louis feel that emotion of his own ego being damaged for the woman that he hurt. That's what I want to see. I wanted to forgive Louis C.K. Truly, he's my fa- he's one of my favorite comics. And it's like the same thing when Chappelle or Bill Burr. It's like these are people. These are men I love and respect. And they sometimes they say these comments about women that I'm just like, can't you dig a little deeper? You know, like can't you understand? that the psychological underpinnings of the patriarchy and how it's impacted women and how we view ourselves is something worth being curious about and investigating, you know? And like, again, it's like, I don't know if you saw Bill Burr on SNL, he was making some interesting points about white women and like, I wanted to get on board with him, but it was like, he doesn't understand that like, you know, white women have been the property of white men up until the 19 fucking 70s. It's only been like 40 years that we've been financially independent, like two generations. Cult is trapped in a hashtag cult or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show. Go to hashtag cult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.